This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 540, recorded on July 28th, 2022. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all through the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live, probably the only time I could say this, from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. The weather has cleared up. It's like 80. It's beautiful for the Midwest. It's no California. But, of course, we post a show with world-class show notes each week, and we'll have a few. And towards the end of the show, you'll get a special offer that you'll want to go out to the show notes for as well. Uh, out at the Average Guy. TV. Big thanks to uh, to Karn Jaju last week who joined us from from Radix. We talked about internet domain extensions. It was fascinating. I hope you got an opportunity to go out and listen to it. Of course, they own ten of those those top level domain dot space dot store. Some of those dot tech. I think was some of them. And it was a fascinating conversation. So if you haven't uh, done it yet, head out to to uh, show 539. By the way, you can do that. The average guide.tv slash HGG 539. This one will be HGG 540. Akersh Vinod is our guest tonight. Akersh, I'm, I'm trying to remember how we actually connected. Did I find you? Did you find me? Do you, do I you think rem- it was actually through uncle Mark who's in the audience oh, right that's now. Right. So that's yeah, right. I was on his that's podcast right. and then, uh, eventually connected us and yeah here we are and we're trying to second try at this we did this oh a month or two back and uh my internet failed and it has it's been fine since so thanks for being patient with me and thanks for coming back i appreciate it absolutely and if i remember correctly it was like your birthday that week or something as oh, well yeah, so maybe, uh yeah so belated happy birthday again thank you thank <laughs> you and yeah, maybe 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 that was the universe telling me I shouldn't have been podcasting on my birthday or something like that. It actually started a long streak of not podcasting. Uh, we missed the yours. And then I think I maybe only did two in six weeks or something like that. Never had taken that long of a break before I took some vacation. It was it was plenty good. So you actually got me started on a good well-being trend, taking some time off, relaxing. You're not taking any time off, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but for listeners who are just getting to know you, give us a little bit, give us a little bit of your background, kind of just give us the elevator speech on who you are. And who I am. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So yeah, my name is Akersh. Um, I, uh, I live here in like South Bay in California near San Francisco. Um, and uh, oh, what should I even tell about my own life? That's not related to deal. So... Uh, where'd you go? Well, where'd you go to school? And and I asked a couple weeks ago. We had a guest on, and I and, and I asked kind of what was the favorite. He had done a lot of stuff in school, and and so maybe maybe I'll ask you the same question. What was the, when you were studying in school? What was your favorite? Uh, what was the favorite part of that? Oh boy. Okay. So I guess I should preface. So yeah, this is probably a good intro. Um, I was born and raised outside of the U.S. in the Middle East. My parents still live in the United Arab Emirates. That's where I graduated high school. Um, moved around among a few, a couple different countries when I was younger. Um, and so I kind of grew up going to these like uh, American international schools where basically all the expats of like, you know, uh, U.S. kids went to school with the American curriculum so they could prep to come to college in the U.S. and continue having lives in the U.S. So that was kind of my upbringing. Um, 
And so my favorite part about school, honestly, was just that, like, now that I've moved here to the U.S., you know, I've been here for, like, almost a decade now, um, I didn't realize how good I had it in the Middle East where travel was really easy. Because the Middle East is, like, right in the center of, like, Asia, Africa, and Europe. And so being able to basically access, like, countries in those three continents with just a couple hours flights, flights weren't that expensive, um, very easily, you know, I kind of grew up getting to see a lot of the world and I love that. And now I'm married and I'm kind of thinking like, oh man, I want my future kids to be able to travel. And I'm looking at plane tickets from the US to cross an entire ocean, whichever way you're going. And it's, uh, you know, very expensive and it's just a lot of travel. So, um, so I think that was probably my favorite part about growing up. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And, and certainly, you don't hear that often of folks growing up in that region saying, yeah, the nice thing about it was I could get to anywhere pretty, pretty easily. You're pretty close to India. You'd be uh, pretty close to, uh, you know, any of Northern Africa, you would be, you know, Europe's a, is, is a, is a quick jaunt. The United States is a little bit longer to get there, you know, but it's kind of like living in Omaha. I can be in Denver quick, Chicago quick, New York's a couple hours, LA's a couple hours. Exactly. Yeah. And so the US was the one place I didn't travel very frequently to, but uh, I had the you know privilege to kind of be all go all over Europe, to go to Kenya and Tanzania and Egypt and stuff, and Northern Africa and also Asia, China, India. Um, my family's originally from India. So getting to see my grandparents and stuff uh, pretty much every year. Whereas now it's like once every several years. So things like that. And then give us a little bit of background, a little bit of work background. What do you do? We're going to talk a little bit about what you're doing now, but what do you do to kind of survive? Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't get too too deep into it um, since I'm really here for Dio and not for my work stuff. But I do work at you know, a tech company here in the Bay Area. Um, and I work on consumer electronics as well there. And of course, I have started a consumer electronics company as well. So it's been, um, you know, it's been a pretty good transition there, but yeah. Let's talk a little bit about you. You've, you started, you know, you kind of are living the dream a little bit while you're working also kind of as an entrepreneur, right? First of all, what made you want to do, I'm going to, I'll bring your product up on the screen here in just a second, but what made you want to do something else, so to speak, you know, take some chances and actually build a product? Yeah. So I think a lot of this really stems back to just kind of like the so, you know, I went to college uh, undergrad at Georgia Tech as an engineer, and I didn't really know why I was becoming an engineer. I wasn't really the creative type, to be completely honest. And then after I, it was just funny because now I've created, you know, this wireless speaker you're seeing. But um, after I graduated, I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm an engineer because I just want job security. You know, I want to work in a place that will uh, get decent pay. And then I'll just kind of like focus on my hobbies in life too, right? Um and then I, I went into manufacturing from there uh, in like the automotive industry. And it was like insane work hours. Like I kind of realized that even if I did just, just work eight hours a day for five days a week, um, that's still like the majority of my waking time. And I really only have enough time to come home, shower, uh, you know, eat dinner, maybe go to the gym, maybe, and then go to bed. Um, and then wake up, go back to work, and then I can only do those three things again, right? Like shower, eat dinner, go to go to gym, whatever. I go to bed, right? So um, that's when I started to really feel like, oh my goodness, like 
my whole life is just slipping away to this thing I'm not really that passionate about. I kind of want something for myself. Um, and so, and also the work hours at that, that company was kind of uh, insane sometimes. Uh, and so I just kind of, after a couple of years there, I kind of started thinking about, thinking about what I want to do. And um, I was like, I think I want to go to business school, right? Like I, I want to know how to really start a project for myself, not just like make a device or, or just engineer something, but really like have this thing that's like I can kind of control fully. And so I went and got my MBA at UCLA. And during that time, I really started working on Dio, which is that speaker right there. And I actually have a, an actual unit right here you can see as well. So yeah, um, these little nifty speakers. And so I could get more into them or, or you could ask me specific questions. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we'll do, we're going to do a little bit of both. Let, let me ask you why in, in an era of smart speakers and, and Bluetooth speakers and everybody seems to be giving away speakers and there's speakers everywhere. What, <laughs> what made you want to jump into a, you know, a pretty, you know, pretty saturated, at least from, from the outside looking in, mm -hmm. maybe not, I could be wrong. What made you want to jump into that market? What problem were you trying to solve? Yeah, consumer. exactly. So, you know, like you said, it's a saturated market. It's a saturated market because everyone is trying to build the exact same thing, which is Bluetooth speakers that are frankly outdated technology that can't really do stuff that we need them to do today. Um, so during my time at my last work, you know, I started getting really into podcasts and audiobooks as a way to still kind of stay engaged with something while I'm also doing other things in life, you know, kind of like recapturing some time for myself. Um, by listening to stories, listening to like news, whatever. And as I kind of started getting more and more into podcasts, audiobooks, I'm also a drummer. I've always been into music. Um, I kind of started getting more and more frustrated with this idea that like either I have to carry around a Bluetooth speaker everywhere I go or always carry headphones and stick my ears in. And then I, you know, uh, and it kind of stemmed from this this idea that like, okay, I just don't have access to the audio I want to listen to wherever I am, wherever you know I want to be. Wouldn't it just be so much easier in life to stick speakers everywhere? And so I'll illustrate this point a bit better because I don't think I'm doing a great job right now. But <laughs> essentially, I would come home from work. I would immediately hop in the shower because I worked in a manufacturing plant. That would be really gross. So I'd hop in the shower and I'd want to like listen to an audio book that you know, I was just really into it. Uh, if anyone reads Brandon Sanderson here, they know he writes really engaging fiction. So um, get really into this audiobook sh uh, chapter while I'm showering. And then when I was done with the shower, I kind of just stand there and I'd just like be wrapped in my towel waiting for like this chapter to end before I then <laughs> go over to my closet and get dressed. And then from my closet, I would go make dinner and then I'd eat that dinner like in my living room and I'd be like trying to get ahead with my life, but I can't do that because I'm paused next to my speaker waiting for this thing to be done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't take like ear earphones in the shower really to carry them everywhere. Um, and then also like disconnecting from Bluetooth, right? For the Bluetooth speaker, my, my shower and then connecting to another Bluetooth speaker and then disconnecting from that one and connecting to another one. It's just like, that's kind of ridiculous. And so just as I was doing this literally every single day for like two years of my life, I just started thinking like, why can't I just put speakers everywhere and just like make it really easy to play them everywhere and put them, you know, and, and listen, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing in life, like hassle-free. So that's when I started really looking into options. 
And as I looked into options, I kind of realized two things. Like obviously Bluetooth just doesn't work. But the two things I realized was that to have a speaker like this, it was super expensive and they were still super complicated, mm. right? So you'd get something like Sonos, which is like $200 a speaker at minimum for their like entry-level speaker. And now you're thinking about putting speakers all over your home and you're racking up like thousands of dollars. Um, and I don't need like a $200 speaker in my closet or a $200 speaker in like, I don't know, in my pantry or whatever, like maybe for my living room next to my TV, but that's about it. Right. And then, you know, I looked, I looked at Google homes and, and echoes and stuff. And those were like, you can only really listen. Like my Google homes wouldn't play anything from audible, right? You can only listen from a handful of services. Uh, the echoes won't play anything from YouTube and then neither of them will play anything from Apple podcasts, which is like still the number one podcasting, you know? uh like platform and so i kind of was like this is also ridiculous why can't we just have a basic speaker that like it's not trying to do extra stuff it's not trying to be a voice assistant it's not trying to be just super acoustic audiophile it's just a speaker but still multi-connect and it multi-connects very reliably very easily and it just makes the whole experience hassle-free and that's kind of how i developed this thought mm -hmm. and where i am now where essentially you know the speaker i've made is the like I would say, frankly, like the simplest and most like affordable and most versatile like multi-room speaker there on the market um, where you really can do a lot of those other things very simply without having to spend like a 30 minute set of process and worrying that it's going to limit, you know, your audio selection and stuff like that. So, okay. So if you're not using Bluetooth, you've, you know, the Bluetooth folks are never going to let you back in the pool, by the way, you just, the, the, by the way that you just badmouth Bluetooth, they're like, okay, you never get to use the Bluetooth <laughs> standard again. How, what are you using to, to connect these together? What, how, how is that working? Yeah. So these are Wi-Fi based speakers. Um, right now I'm, I focused on enabling Apple AirPlay. So they mainly just work with iOS devices with a few notable exceptions. Like you can actually get like an app for working with Windows. You can get an app for working with Android, but the Android one is a bit more limited in terms of how it works. Um, it works very robustly on, on AirPlay. And AirPlay is essentially like a DLNA protocol um, for like a, it uses your like local wireless area network in your home. Uh, your speakers just connect to your router, your phone or whatever discovers the speakers on your local network and can send the audio directly to them. Um, and so, uh, you know, DLNA speakers have been around for a while, but the big problem is that things like iOS and Android don't just let you just transfer audio from the phone to any wireless device on your network. Uh, I think because probably, you know, copyright issues or maybe even developers are like, we don't want our audio passing through to random stuff. Um, and so for iOS, it's AirPlay. Uh, and for Android, there's no acceptable comparison yet, but there's stuff I'm kind of working on to make the experience a little bit better over time. So, yeah. Have you, have you had, um, you know, pitchforks and, in, in uh, angry crowds coming to your house? Cause it's not on Android has, has the, has the community been like, uh, it's the biggest platform. Why don't you have an Android app? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I agree, which is uh, what was funny is when I was first looking into all of these, I was just so sure that Android would be more open for this kind of technology mm -hmm. than Apple. And I was initially thinking, like, I guess we'll just launch for Android first and then we'll figure out Apple. And funny thing is it was reversed uh, just by how the technology works and what's what's uh, what the OS platforms allow you to do. 
Um, so I've had a lot of people who've been angry. You know, I've, I totally understand all of your concerns, those of you who have Android, um, and I agree. And uh, I am actively working on making this work for Android. It was just a lot easier to launch first for Apple and then work on the challenges with Android uh, yeah. in parallel. So. Yeah, we we have the guys from uh, Channels on uh, oh a couple times a year, and John from Channels, uh, they they are they're pretty open that they they develop for iOS first. Now they they do have some Android stuff, but but they, you know, they're just like this. That's just the way it works, and and so um, well, that's good. You're actively working on it, and it's coming along. These have, are not even really. I mean, you talk about you did an Indiegogo campaign to get them going kind of interested from an average guy perspective, like, you know, most of the listeners here probably have not done their own Indiegogo campaign. One, would you do it again? Two, is it pretty manageable? I mean, oh boy. or is it, is it just, is it, is it something like giving birth and you're like, cause I'm never going to do that again. Oh boy. Okay. So here's the thing. I work a full-time job and then I also have DO. Um, and I just want to be completely upfront about that. That was hell. <laughs> that was absolute hell to go through preparing for the Indigo campaign, executing it, finishing it off. Um, that was so much more work than I ever realized. Because again, I, I do come from a technical perspective. Like, yes, I have an MBA, but I've never really done like marketing, right? Building up the mailing list and all of those kind of things. Even just like web design and getting the assets ready and everything you really need to pretty much showcase to the world. Hey, look, this is a real thing. I'm not scamming you. Like, yeah. please contribute and you can have this, you know, as early as Octo October. So um, that was uh, just, there's just a lot to put in there. Um, like I even remember like coming up with the video, right? Like these are things I think a lot of people don't even think about, but you're coming up with the video, shooting the video, getting all the video stuff ready, right? Like getting features on certain things to make the brand more trustworthy. Um, and then also figuring out how exactly to message. Cause in my case, like, I'm not just like a wallet that's thinner, right? Like you see a lot of Indigo campaign projects that have a really cool differentiating factor, but it's one differentiating factor. If you go onto our Indiegogo campaign page, you'll see that there's like at least five differentiating factors we have compared to other solutions on the market. And I have so much I could talk your ear off about deal and what makes it different. How do I condense all of that into something that's like digestible mm -hmm. and that people can kind of look at in like a second and like see it. And to be completely frank, like I'm even looking at the Indiegogo page right now and I'm like, oh, it wasn't good enough. Um, like clearly it was, but like there's like a hundred more things I possibly could change now so, you know, uh, it was a lot of work really kind of getting all of that ready. Um, but I don't know, I did it somehow. I've gotten to a point that was pretty ha I was pretty happy with and then um, did and I'm pretty happy with how it went right now. So, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll kind of see how Dio continues to manage. But I think with the Indiegogo down, it's gotten a lot easier because it's gotten back to just general like sending out a newsletter to let people know what the new stuff is, is, you know, developments are, and then um, making sure that we continue staying on track to get these speakers actually manufactured on time, which to me is easier actually than running like really? a public campaign. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with That's saying a lot then with the global supply chain issues and manufacturing problems and the world kind of coming back online uh, <laughs> that says, that says a lot about Indiegogo. Well, okay, not to knock any go-go. There's just a lot to this. I think some people think, ah, oh, we'll just, I got an idea. I'll get somebody to manufacture it. I'll throw it up on Indiegogo and hope. And, and 
it's not, I, I, you're not the first to tell me like, yeah, it's a pretty involved process to get that done. Do you, did you get fully funded? Everything's ready to go. Kind of tell me, tell me the status of that. Yes. So as you just saw barely, you know, we, uh, we raised about $29,000. So that was actually all pre-sales. So in reality, that's like revenue, not profit, but, um, you know, raise that $29,000. It was a little bit more because there was actually a couple other, like a couple of people reached out being like, can I just pay you on PayPal instead? I don't trust this Indiegogo thing um, or Stripe credit card stuff. Um, so did that. Um, and so it was closer to about 30,000 and the goal was 20,000. So did fairly well, I think for me, uh, I was very happy with the results of it all. Uh, we were even featured like a Indiegogo team favorites. You can see that little icon at the just at the bottom down there um, underneath prototype. Um, so that was nice. Indiegogo kind of like stuck this little team favorites tag on us. We were on the front page of the audio section of Indiegogo for like the entirety of our campaign. It was really nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was great. I was very happy with how that went. And you know, and again, not to knock Indiegogo because I think it's a great yeah, platform. Yeah. Honestly, they gave me a lot of support. Um, it's just such a, I think it's something people don't realize in general how much work goes into preparing a successful, essentially marketing campaign in general. Yeah. Uh, like it's no, you know, people like I didn't know this before I started really looking into all this stuff. Even just like a digital marketer, like a professional digital marketer, it is one of the most well paid and you know, as from a company standpoint, one of the most expensive, like, you know, things. Um, and so, and they're in very short supply as well. So, uh, it's, it's a skill set. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, right on. There's a little bit of work that has to go into that and some things to know and some tricks to deploy. And have you done many podcasts? Have you made you, you were on, on uncle Marv's show and you're on here. Have you, did you do the podcast circuit to get the word out? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on another podcast called Unplugged, which is, um, it was really cool. The guy, it's a smaller podcast. Um, the host is a park ranger in Scotland and his goal is essentially to get people thinking about nature, technology's interaction with nature, um, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, and so we had a really cool discussion just about out the outdoors and technology and kind of how that all combines together. Um, so I had the chance to be there. Um, I had the chance to be on another one called Blind Knowledge as well. It was just this uh, host I'd connected with. Um, he was a pretty cool guy. Basically just chatted, had a conversation for an hour. Um, and yeah, Uncle Mars podcast, your podcast. So yeah. Great. Yeah. And that's it's, you know, that's one of those marketing ways. It's, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but you get, you get, you get some marketing out of it. When you think about, you, you sell these singly. Let's say I can buy a single speaker if I want. I can buy them in packs of three. And then uh, are packs of five available? Can I buy that many if I want yes. to? Yes. Yes. So we're selling packs of three and five. In fact, just real quick before you move ahead with your question, I just got this in last week, our first three pack in the packaging. So this is kind of, here we go. Uh, this is kind of how it looks like. Um, and it looks very simple because we don't want Porch Pirates to stick your label on here, you know, and then we'll ship it out. But then you open it up and we've got, you know, pretty exciting stuff inside. And that code right now that you see in there, uh, it's all blurred out. That code, it's, it doesn't work right now, but it will as soon as these things start getting shipped. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, that it's code is cool. for setup. Yeah. 
So you would go in, start the app, click on that. Exactly. The, the QR code. And then we've also actually, we're offering all of our customers, you'll see this little more deal thing here. Ah, it's getting blurred. Um, we're basically offering all of our existing customers just like perpetual discounts to get future DO speakers. So, um, cause you know, you might want to try start out with like a couple, uh, and then eventually add another one and another one, you know, and, and we, I want to give people the flexibility to do that without them thinking like, I need to buy all 10 right now, you know, at, at a bulk discount. <laughs> so in, yeah. In theory, I might try one. And then if I, if, oh yeah, this works out pretty well. I'd like to do this. I might pick up a three pack to put in, you know, three other rooms or to move around. If I'm thinking about uh, control and I'm listening, so let's just talk about the end user experience. So in your case, I do have it going in the shower, but I maybe I don't want it playing around the rest of the house at that time. I'm assuming I could limit it pretty easily on the app to just the bathroom. And then as I'm making the move maybe to the rest of the house, I could play it to one or two or all of the speakers in the house then at that point, get it in the rooms that I want to get into. Is that kind of the way it works? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, if you go to deoconnect.com slash how to use with dashes in between, so how dash to dash use, um, I need to update that page to just look prettier. Uh, right now, it's it's not the most beautiful page, but it, you know, it shows you exactly how the stuff works. Um, and for those of you who are probably listening on this podcast later, uh, essentially, you you know, we don't. One of the things I think that makes Dio really special is I really didn't want you to need to download an extra app and then make an account for that app and then log into all your audio services into that app and then be able to play. You know, the way that Sonos or Google Homes or whatever work. It's just like a thousand extra steps that you don't need to do. So um, if you're on an Apple device, you can actually listen to the stuff app free because it's integrated directly into your control center. Um, so what you do, yeah, and so we've got this up here as a visual, but for people listening, you essentially open up the control center of like, let's see your iPhone, right? If you have a iPhone 10 or later, it's like you drag from the top right corner of your phone down, little menu pops up. And then where you see your like audio controls, you the big play button, the forward and rewind buttons, there's this tiny little icon at the top right and you click on it. Uh, and it basically shows a list of your devices, compatible devices um, on your Wi-Fi network. Um, and so your, the speakers will just show up there and you can name them whatever you want to. Like in this case, we got like living room, kitchen, bedroom one, bedroom two, studio. And you just tap on the ones you wanna use uh, while your audio is playing or you can pause your audio and tap them and play it. Whatever you wanna do, just tap on the ones you wanna use. And then that, that one just turns on as well tap on it again, and that one will just turn off. And then you can adjust the volume per speaker, or you can just adjust the volume for all of them at once. Um, uh, it, and it'll scale the volume together. And so you got pretty much a very robust control center, but without ever needing to download an extra app, it's kind of right there in, in the control center of your phone. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty simple to use You know, like your, your grandma could probably use it. So yeah. Oh, let's not get carried away. <laughs> but <laughs> But um, yeah, no, uh, very simple controls. How is the, you know, one of the things, if you've got a larger house and you're playing, you know, you got a speaker in the back bedroom, let's think about music now. So I got music playing maybe in the back of the house and I've got some playing up front. How well does it handle synchronization as, at least as far as the music goes? I know whole home audio is one of those magic things that people spend a lot of money. Does this help 
or is it still just kind of some work to to pull off a whole home audio? Oh no, it is. It's like perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you're not going to see any issues at all. You can place the speakers right next to each other. You can space them however far across different parts of your home, and the synchronization is you're not going to notice anything. Um, and I've, I've, and it's not just me saying it. Like I've, I've been using this for months now with my prototypes and stuff. Well, for like a year now, um, with my prototypes. But even all my beta testers uh, that have ever used this, uh, they've been like, "Wow, yeah, it just it just works." And that's been the goal. Because again, make it as simple and convenient of an experience as possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you won't you won't notice any differences. So from a timing perspective, they're all going to play at the same time. They're going to be in sync. You're not going to have that weird echo so to speak, uh, uh, happening. Can you, are there any other features? If I wanted to put two of them together for stereo, so to speak, that's something like you can do on some of the Google devices and such. Mm -hmm. Is that available? So it's not actually available for this. And I mean, it's kind of intentional. I think I could probably could make stereo pairing work if I need to, uh, I just had to do a bit more diving into that. But, uh, the reason for that is because this really is meant to be a whole home audio solution, right? And when you think about stereo pairing, right? Stereo pairing only makes sense when you are kind of listening to your audio from a very specific position where the right speaker is literally going to be on the right side of your ear, left speaker is literally going to be on your left, and you have to maintain that position forever. But if you're really putting like speakers in every different corner of your house, then like that just stops making sense because let's say you're like, watching something on Amazon Prime, like a movie, and you're turned backwards. And now that sound effect that's supposed to feel like a plane going from like over you is now feels like it's going the other way or whatever. The footsteps behind you sound like it's in front. Um, so this is my personal, you know, um, kind of the idea behind why I was like mono actually makes the most sense. Now where I have put in the majority of my effort has actually been in making the audio actually lossless. So even though you won't hear things in stereo, right? Uh, those speakers actually will have like perfectly clear sound quality. Um, like you're not losing anything in wireless transmission. And so you find that the sound quality is actually phenomenal, but uh, you're just not gonna have the stereo effect of like the left versus right ear having very specific things mm -hmm. to create that, yeah, that sensation. Yeah, I, I think most, with the exception of watching a program where there's where stereo or you get surround sound, I think most of us have kind of gotten to the point where that's fine, right? I mean, it, it is and isn't. Is it, when I was a kid, everybody had a hi-fi and it was a big deal. And I, I just, now as I'm saying that, there's people yelling at me right now in their cars, right? As they're listening, no, I have to have, you know, I have to have stereo. But I think for a lot of folks, we're used to listening to our music at home through a connected device, right, of, of some of some kind, whether that be the Amazon device or a Google device, we've kind of moved, or earbuds, right? I'm, I'm, I've got a pair of earbuds in, and, and actually, there's some folks on YouTube that I watch, and they don't mix their audio correctly, and so when I do put my earbuds in, it sounds weird, and I'm like, I just wish you would have done this in mono. <laughs> it would have been a much better experience, right? So, um, yeah, I, exactly. You know. And I'm on some like audio file, like Facebook groups and Reddit threads and stuff, and I've seen the arguments break out, like, no, like stereo is so much more, like everything has to be in stereo, right? And I've seen some people be like, no, like that makes no sense, like mono is just fine. So there's definitely like a lot of debate, and I would just say essentially, if if you're 
and this even comes to the for the DO speakers. Like if you're looking for a home theater system, right? Something where you're going to sit on a couch and you want to immerse yourself in this like audio theatric experience, then you should probably get Sonos or even better get a wired home theater system that is going to have the stereo effects perfectly, zero latency of any kind, like things like that. But if you're looking for whole home audio, you're looking for the convenience of being able to just do things around your home while always having access to your audio content, then I think Dio, that's where Dio makes a lot more sense. So, yeah. A few have just joined us. If you head out to Dio, D-I-O connect.com, we're talking about these Dio audio made simple uh, speakers. As we think about the speaker design uh, and you say whole home, if I wanted to take it on the back deck, what I need to, what I need to, if I wanted to carry it out there and, and make it a speaker out there, what I need to worry about out there, or are they fairly weather resistant? So they're actually not. I haven't focused on making them too weatherproof. So there's there's some things to here um, to to discuss, which is one, they don't have batteries because the idea is that these are speakers you don't actually have to physically take around with you everywhere you go. Um, I'm thinking about making an external battery pack that you could probably attach. Uh, that would also have a plug-in to the uh, the current, you know, uh, charger input. Um, and that way you kind of get that flexibility if you want. It hasn't been released yet, but it's kind of in the works. Um, but uh, it has no battery. So you would basically have to find those positions in your home that you want to keep your small little speaker nodes, which is why they're called Dio Node. Um, the little nodes all over your home. Uh, and for outdoors, what I have seen, I've done some outdoor pop-ups at like coffee shops and like restaurants. Um, and then on like their patios and stuff. And when it's been really, really sunny, uh, the speakers have overheated and then just kind of like mm -hmm. cut out. And then I had to like put them in the shade for, you know, a few minutes and then they'll kind of restart. Um, and they're also not waterproof um, because again, the idea is like they don't have a battery. They're not really taking them around. You're kind of finding places in your home, but they've worked just fine when it's been shady or cloudy or whatever. Um, so you can always keep them like the speakers in your like, in your porch or whatever, if they're shaded well enough and protected from, you know, precipitation. Um, but I personally wouldn't recommend them in like a place that's going to have a lot of precipitation or sun. So yeah, yeah. Good, good, good to know. I, I mean, I think for both, I do have power out on the deck, so I would have no problem plugging it in and out there. But no, good to know you've really intended them to be for um, indoor use. I'm showing a picture, kind of of a an exploded version of this. How did you decide what you'd put on the inside and 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 why did you put what you put in there? Yeah, absolutely. So um so this exploded view is really here to show just how simple the speaker is. Uh, because we're kind of living in a time where I think um companies are trying to upsell you with a bunch of extra stuff in a device that's really just meant to help you listen to stuff with a bunch of all these extra speakers and all this, these problems, you know, solutions to problems you don't really have. It's just so that they can be like, look, we solved this problem. Now let's charge you like hundreds of dollars for it. Um, and there's just no alternative. That's just like, look, we're just a speaker. Like if you really are just looking for an extra speaker, get these things, right? Um, and so as you can see from this exploded view, there's not a lot of components in them. So. We have a you know a little speaker driver there, a full range driver. We have this little tube next to it, which is essentially there to make the bass a little bit more enunciated. Um, and then a little chip, which is 
screwed into the back casing there and then you just put the front casing on um excuse me sorry this cider is kind of coming up but yeah um <laughs> I, so, I beer burp all the time it's perfect yeah <laughs> um so uh yeah, so it's a very simple build. And you know, you asked how did I decide what's going in there? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's a hundred micro decisions to kind of decide what's really going into a hardware product, but it kind of went down to me for like so essentially when I built DO, there were three like principles I was really building it on. Um, and I, I remember kind of thinking very deeply about this as I looked at other things in the market. And it was basically one, I wanted to be simple, right? And by simple, I don't mean like cheap and bad because one of the things too is we've been rated as better sounding uh, unanimously by every beta tester and everyone who's heard me better sounding than a Google Home or Amazon Echo. And uh, about the only times Bluetooth speakers are ever considered better sounding than us is when they start getting compared to models that are about $150 at retail versus our you know, $80 to $90 speaker. So, um, so, but I wanted to be simple in terms of just being very easy to use, right? Like basically plug and play takes less than a minute to actually set these up. And then once they're set up, they just work. Um, and so I spent a lot of time kind of looking into exactly the technology we'd use. And of course the hardware we'd require to run that technology. So like our specific like board that we're building, um, the um, just essentially the chip we use to process all of this and the amount of memory we'd need in it. Um, and so put a lot of energy and effort into kind of identifying that and, and making that work. Um, the second principle was versatility. And so, you know, people have a lot of different household compositions and audio behaviors. So maybe you like listening to music, maybe you like listening to podcasts, maybe you like listening to ASMR, right? Um, maybe you live with roommates or you live with family or you have guests over all the time or you just live alone. Uh, maybe you have a giant house, maybe you have a small studio apartment. So uh, just making these things, these speakers as like modular as possible without them needing to carry a bunch of like, you know, very extra specific mm -hmm. things. Um, and so when I kind of thought about that, I was like, okay, it needs to kind of be small. It needs to really blend in with your home decor rather than try to be the centerpiece of it, right? And so when, when, you, when I started kind of thinking about it that way, you know, it was like, you get like, again, a Sonos speaker and Sonos basically designs their thing to be not useful for a studio apartment because like, not only are they expensive, they also design themselves in such a like beautiful way that is going to catch your eye. And if you put that in a studio apartment, it's going to like draw attention from, I guess the only thing you're really going to be like focused on probably the shiny little speaker compared to all the other, you know, um, your bed, you know, and everything else that's in the room. And some people don't want that, right? Um, and if you're in a bigger home, like maybe you've thought a lot about the like artwork and the decor and all the stuff you put around, you don't want something that's just gonna like stand out and give that modern look when maybe you're going for a vintage look. So that's kind of like how I aligned a lot as well on like the housing, the color, the size, all of those kind of things um, to really just fit in and be flexible for, for mm -hmm. whoever is using it, you know, it just, it just blends. And then finally, uh, the last part was just privacy. And so part of that was like, I want something that works one with WLA and not through internet server protocols. Um, and so if you're not familiar, internet server protocols are like what Google Homes and Echo Dots use, which is essentially that the speaker is directly connected to the internet at all times. And when you give it a request, it feeds that request to an Amazon server. The Amazon server processes it up in the cloud. And then if you like want to play audio, for example, say like play this on Spotify, the Amazon server then pings Spotify server. 
and then Spotify server gives the like the approvals to the Amazon server to then send that audio stream down to your speaker. And while that is cool, you know, it it makes the whole process clunky, but it also adds a lot of like links in the chain that can be compromised to your like home security. Uh, and so instead, if your speaker was only connected to your router but didn't ever actually ping any internet servers, um, then it will never be accessible by something from the outside. And so only if you have a device that's already connected to your home Wi-Fi network to your router, can it then see that the speaker is also on your network and then do stuff with it. Um, so that was like kind of a thing too. So I, that again went into being like, all right, so we're also gonna have no microphones. We're gonna kind of like, you know, really regulate the kind of chipset. And again, the memory we're using, we don't need more memory that would be required to process internet related things. And so it kind of like made the whole thing much simpler. And then of course I kind of explained my acoustics to you already. So that's kind of what went into designing mm -hmm. the speaker and kind of thinking mm -hmm. what's really gonna go in there uh, and what's gonna stay out. Yeah. So yeah. I like it. I like it. I like some of the choices. Um, John asks uh, on the chat, where did the name come from, Dio? Yes, yes. So Dio, like audio. So uh, it may be a bad name. I don't know, but I like it. And essentially, the goal was to make audio simple, right? Because there's just no really easy and convenient way to always have access to your audio and listen wherever you are. So uh, to make audio simple, I also made the word audio simple and just called it Dio. And that's where the, the name kind of came from. And if you see our tagline, it says audio made simple underneath. So, yeah. Uh, you, we, I think we talked about this up front. You're working on Android, but when, when you, it's, you haven't even delivered the first set of these. So they're going to be one color to start, you know, Hey, it's, it's like the Ford, right? You can have any color you want as long as it's black. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> right. Um, the, in this case, thoughts on expanding, have you, as you've dreamt ahead about this of, of maybe coming up with a white version? Yes, so um, you know, I'm I'm a supply chain and like manufacturing guy, and when I kind of think about carrying multiple colors, I'm already kind of feeling a little bit of terror inside me of like, oh my goodness, like we need to order the right amount, and we're also serving these in one pack, three packs, and five packs, as I showed earlier, that actually come in different boxes, yeah. um, and that gets packaged up at the manufacturer. So that's already been a hassle, like getting three versions, and now making those three versions into six. That being said. Absolutely, we'll have more colors in the future if this is successful. I've already thought about what the next thing will be. I think it's gonna be like a white casing. Here, bring out the speaker again, kind of like a white casing here with black buttons um, and maybe kind of make it like a black grill as well or something like that to really kind of give that like cool, I don't know, like um, like high tech-ish kind of look and yeah. feel, but yeah. Is that something you go to your beta testers for and ask, do, do you get some feedback from them? like? Listen, you ask 10 people, they're going to give you 10 different things. Right? Yes. But do, do, do you get any feedback like that from them? Yeah. So it's funny because um, I don't have the other prototypes I have with me. I have different versions of gray. I have, I have like a few different <laughs> versions of gray. So you'll see this version. You'll see one that's like slightly lighter, one that's slightly darker, one that's a little bit different. Um, and so uh, I, I spent a lot of time with my beta testers and everything kind of really figuring out what specific kind of gray we should use that just like looks right in your home. So when I talk mm -hmm. about like this blends into your decor, like I was very serious about that. This again, like as a consumer, you're not gonna have to now think twice when you buy the speaker and be like, where would I put it? Where should I like, it's it's like 
you it'll it'll work in your home if you have wood furniture if you have whites if you have blacks which tend to be the main colors in people's mm-hmm. homes mm-hmm. this will like really just fit in perfectly yeah. um so yeah <laughs> i so don't think that way i'm so eclectic like i don't I, I i think about functionality first then if it happens to fit in i'm fine i know there are folks who have are thinking about the aesthetics of it and how does it look and does it fit in does it look cool I literally don't even know what cool looks like. I just, that's how I, but I know what cool sounds like, or I know features that I think are cool or some of those kinds of things. So I've, I've looked back at some of the things I've done. I'm like, oh man, that's super ugly, but it worked really well. No, I do the same thing. I just moved into a new apartment with my wife. And for the first time ever, like I have been really thinking hard about like we have the space and we just need to make it like look beautiful so we can work on it and stay sane. COVID has also changed my mind about a lot of these things because it used to be like, eh, I can have a bed, it could whatever color bed frame, whatever color sheets, like, yeah, I can have whatever. Um, and now I've been like, okay, no, like we have like this gray couch, but we have this like plywood colored like uh, uh, bookshelf. And it's like, we need to make sure our dining table is plywood. Like it can't be any other color because it needs to tie that bookshelf in with the rest of the room. Um, and like things like that, that's just been like very, very uh, interesting. So. Yeah, no, I'm still not there with you. Even though I stayed home all of the pandemic and I, I looked around, I, I got more. I still, yeah, I still don't. I still didn't get it. So we'll have to, I'm hoping it drives my wife crazy. She tries to make all these things look great. And again, I am kind of function over form. So it's just the, all my stuff is super eclectic. It's lucky I get a shirt and pants on uh, <laughs> most days. So let's be clear about that. Um, also on your site, you talk about it plays well with other speakers. I think in some cases people think, oh, I just bought fill in the blank, right? And so when you say it works well with other speakers, and I'll, and I'll throw those up on screen, Here's some other brand of speakers. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? Plays well with Yeah, that. yeah. So this actually goes into why we even chose to work with the Apple AirPlay ecosystem. So what's really funny, um, we are probably the only website that truly has like the most comprehensive sorted by price list of Apple AirPlay speakers on the internet, which is funny because I like really looked into this and was like, oh my goodness, Apple has some on their website, but they're just kind of like out of order. Some of them are out of date. We kind of like, you know, we went through the whole thing about eight months ago. Um, I say we, it was like me and like this intern I was working with, um, went through like, you know, speaker by speaker, saw the ones that were out of date that just didn't exist anymore, kind of threw those out, um, found a few others. So uh, and that being said, there might be some out there that we missed, right? Uh, but this kind of goes into why we chose to work with the Apple AirPlace framework as well. So if you kind of look at like, good multi-room speaker protocols that are, you know, that you can use uh, that work with a smartphone system, either iOS or Android, you're kind of really stuck with like three options, which is like the Echo Dot framework, right? Like the, the Amazon Echo Echo framework, um, the Google Cast framework and the Apple AirPlay framework. And Google Cast and Echo Dot, they're both, I already talked about how like, they both are internet-based protocols. They kind of have a lot of limitations on the audio services you can access. They're not very secure. And they also only work with about like um, between like six to 10 other speaker models, total third-party external speaker accessory models. Um, And that's not 
I like just overall, when you kind of look at all of those things at once, you're just like, dang, that sucks. That just doesn't give people a lot of options for what they can listen to, to what else they can pair it with, et cetera. Whereas Apple AirPlay, they have like almost every premium Wi-Fi speaker already on their ecosystem. And it's because their technology is also just a lot better. And so um, what you can basically do on our website is like, yeah, like you don't want an $80 speaker maybe, right? Like for your living room, you want one of the like $1,000 speakers because you're an audiophile. But like, why get another $1,000 speaker from the exact same brand and whatever ecosystem to then stick into your like closet? Now you can get Dio nodes, you can, yeah. And this kind of came back to that whole principle. One of the principles I built on was the versatility aspect, right? Um, being as flexible as possible for people's needs in people's homes. Uh, I get it, right? Dio node, I think is a, a very great device, but sometimes, but there's a lot of stuff that I didn't put into the node and you might want that stuff with other devices. You might want a HomePod that works with Siri that actually has, has a voice assistant. They might just want that in your living room and you might not want a microphone in your bedroom, right? So. Um, those are kind of the kind of things that like, okay, let's make this, you know, let's kind of pick a place to play that gives people the most options possible. And that's why I put Dio on there. So, yeah. I like, I like that. I like the idea of for the device where I want all of the gadgetry in it that I need for my assistant or whatever. And then because it's, it's airplane enabled. Now these speakers, it now for music playing, they all become one and I can choose where to play them and how to play them. And it adds to my, my whole home audio as far as instead of taking away from all, nope, got to switch this one over. Nah, nah, I can't play it on that. Yeah, that, so that's an interesting thought. All of a sudden now, um, my wife's Android, so this would never work at our house. Cause she's the only one that do the home whole home audio. I'm, I'm stuck in this 10 by 10 box. All the cool stuff that I own is in this 10 by 10 uh, space that I'm in. Um, but it, it, it does speak to a little bit of like, Oh, I don't have to, if I've got a system airplane enabled, I don't need to abandon it. I can add these to it. Cause I was going to ask you any thoughts of adding a, um, you know, a Jack in the back where I could, if I wanted to do wired audio for whatever reason I could, any thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, I've actually had thoughts on that from the beginning. Really? That is on the roadmap. Uh, well, not, not, sorry, not a speaker with a jack on it. Um, actually more the other way around, which is um, a, a device that can convert another speaker you have with, you know, with uh, a jack in it into yep. something that yep. works with Dio. Yeah. Um, you know, having the Dio speakers put a jack in it, I actually looked at that too, because I had someone request that. Um, and there was like a couple of things. One was just from a cost compared to kind of like the demand I was really estimating for it. Um, it just didn't make sense that way. Um, secondly, as well, is if you're going to be plugging this speaker like into something, right? It's, you know, do you want, well, like, I guess, what are you going to be plugging into it? Are you going to be plugging, like, are you going to be trying to plug it in with another, like, speaker, right? Kind of have, like, a wired speaker system that it can plug into as well and play out of both of them at once or just one of them? Like, how are you going to, like, program that and stuff? There was, you know, there's a billion choices to make. And it was just, like, I wasn't confident that I'd know which one was right. Um, and so I was, like, I think the best way is to keep it simple, silly, again, and just kind of make it come mm -hmm. with, you know, you can get all sorts of ways as long as it's just the way the DOA is. And that's it. So, um <laughs> Anyway, yeah. as long as it's this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, maybe in a, as a carryover until you get Android, you know, you could, you could plug your phone 
into if you want to do it that way. I know some Android still has the ability to do that. I, I it wouldn't be a huge use case. I just know somebody mm-hmm. listening is going to say, "Could I play? Can I? You know, I have these bookshelf speakers that I use for my computer speakers here that I've had for a while." And one of the thoughts was, you know, so on the Mac, could I run AirPlay on my Mac and turn those into my dedicated speakers for the computer here? Would it support something like that? Oh, yeah. So it works well on Mac. Uh, What's really funny is Apple. So Apple, funny enough, hasn't added the multi-room like AirPlay 2 stuff directly into into Mac yet. They have for iTunes, but you can play one speaker at a time if you pick it from your list. But you can actually get a really nice little app. Um, I have it on my website, but basically a third-party app, and there's probably a few of them out there. You can download on your Mac that then just enables the multi-room stuff, mm-hmm. and then it'll play anything from your Mac to these speakers. So this works really well. There's actually a similar app on Windows as well uh, that you can, uh, you'll have to purchase it, but it's just like a couple bucks, I think. Um, and they allow you to then find the Dio speakers on your network because they just work through a normal DLNA protocol. Mm-hmm. And then you can use these as you know speakers for your PC as well if you want to. Um, the other thing that I would also say is for Android, again, there there is some functionality for Android actually, because Android, um, there are a few apps that allow you to, to play through DLNA Wi-Fi speakers. Uh, the only issue is that there's a huge limiting factor on which third-party audio apps will actually allow their audio to be passed through to the speakers versus not. Right now on Android, it's this opt-in protocol. And so I think recently Spotify might have opted in. I know about a year ago they didn't, but I've, I've been trying to catch up on some of the news on the Android side, and I think they might have as well. So a lot of major stuff, basically all the Google apps will work, YouTube, you know, Google Music, et cetera. Um, Spotify, I think, works now as well. I think even Audible works, but Actually, this weekend, I'm going to be getting together with a friend to start testing that out on Android. Um, and if it does, then it'll basically do like 90% of, of what you'd want your DO speakers to do on Android anyway. You would just have to basically purchase this third-party app for a couple extra dollars. Um, and so, yeah. And so Android, you know, it doesn't work. It is not like an app-free solution the way it is for like uh, Apple. But I think we're kind of getting there. And so I'm uh, I'm going to do some testing and kind of make a public announcement uh, on my website about that in probably a couple of weeks. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it just it, that was one of the, for me, a use case would be replace these shell speakers that I probably had for 20 years, just to be mm-hmm. honest. And they're great. They're rolling. They they look the same today as they did 20 years ago when I bought them. The, the you know, volume's a little scratchy and some of those kinds of things. So you know, you're like, well, eventually these are going to give out. That could be an option, you know, a really nice option because they're because they're not, um, you know, wire or because they're not wireless in the sense of power. Then they'll be on all the time. They'll work the one I want them. It would also be nice to have two down here and two up there. And when I'm playing music or whatever, I could have. It's not surround, but it's surround, right? I mean, it's not surround in the sense that different speakers are playing different things, but it certainly would give me some pretty good at least full sound down here. Don't you think four, if I played four, is that too much? Is four in a room too much? I don't think so. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so one thing I should say is, I mean, these speakers are small. They actually get very loud. Um, Mm. So far, that was one of the big comments I got from my beta testers as well. They were just like such a small speaker. And yet they like, they sound great and they play so loud. 
And I was like, yeah, lossless audio. And like, it actually doesn't take a lot to make volume go yeah. high. A lot of times volume gets throttled because of lossy Bluetooth sounds. They don't want, it's going to sound worse when it's higher volume. So a lot of the speakers like kind of throttle the volume range um, when they're smaller. And so when you have lossless audio, you don't need to throttle it anymore. You can kind of have the full volume. And so turn it up to max, it still sounds clear. Yeah. Um, but four speakers in a room can also make sense, I think. I mean, that's the whole point of, making these speakers, right? It's like they're a completely modular solution. You can ask, add as many as you want in your home. Um, and yeah, up to you. Cool. Well, I can do anything I want. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like exactly. That. Exactly. I like, it. I like it. Anything that I missed, it, you, I mean, we've talked a ton about this. Anything that, that I should have asked you about them or uh, that we missed from a product standpoint or a feature, feature set standpoint? Hmm. Let me think about that. So we've talked about privacy. We've talked about it being super simple. We've talked a little bit about it being flexible. Um, one thing I should also point out, though, is that uh, as we've, uh, when we were discussing kind of flexibility, being able to fit into your home, into your lifestyle, we kind of talked a lot about the form. Uh, and I should probably mention a bit about the function too. So functionally speaking, I personally, from all of my research, this is the most versatile speaker on the market. Um, and what I mean by that is, yeah, you can get a couple of Google Homes for like zero dollars. Um, you can put them in your home. And as I'd mentioned earlier in the podcast, you'll find out very quickly that you can only play audio from them when you are playing Google or YouTube music, you know, maybe Apple Music and Pocket Casts. And like, that's pretty much it. Um, and no Audible, no Apple Podcasts. You can't go to a random website on your brow like on your web browser and play audio from there, soundcloud.com. You can't do Facebook Live stuff. You can't listen to WeChat recordings from your mom. You can't listen to Twitter spaces, right? Like I'm just going down the list here. All the various possible things that you can possibly thinking about listening to, and you can't do that. And it's like, and why? Because Sonos and Google and Amazon, they all require you to sign in to only partnered app services on their app because they use these like internet protocols. Whereas with Bio speakers, they, they're as robust as Bluetooth and that they'll literally play everything out of your phone onto the speakers. Um, you can listen to whatever you want to be listening to and you can put them all over the home. They still do all the, the modular stuff and multi-room stuff and all of that. So. I did want to point that out as well, is that if you are someone who likes to listen to things all day long, to all sorts of different things from all sorts of different places, you probably run into this problem. Um, and you're not going to have that problem with Dio. And that's something that a lot of these other speaker companies don't tell you up front. You know, they'll be like, play all your audio everywhere. But then you like get it and you're like, I can't actually play all my all my audio everywhere. I can only play like the audio you're letting me play everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I did kind of want to point that off as a, a last thing that I didn't uh, go into too much. But yeah. No, it's good. Let's talk about pricing really quick on the way out. So if sure. you head out to doconnect.com slash product, uh, five packs, you mentioned this already, five packs, three packs, and one packs. You still in pre-order. So if you click on the pre-order, it'll take you over to Indiegogo in these options. Single speaker, uh, 85, uh, 228 for the three pack and uh, 380 is that is that what i can order for those today if that's what i wanted to do yes so for the time being i'm still doing this like five percent off of retail um while i'm getting my website kind of more set up so you saw my website it's kind of at like a very basic stage right now it has all the information about Dio, 
but I'm currently working on making it just spectacular. So by the end of August, uh, the website's going to look very different. Um, and the purchase platform will be directly on the website. It won't be going to Indiegogo. Um, and, uh, and at that point, I'll start kind of pre-ordering kind of at retail. I might do like a deposit system, still trying to figure that out. But right now, you can still pre-order on the Indiegogo campaign page. Uh, even though the campaign's over, you can still place this order for 5% off uh, as my concession until I get the website running. So uh, I'm also going to have a special discount for people listening to this podcast or tuned in right now. Uh, I'm going to set that up literally as soon as we finish recording. So you won't be able to go there right now. But you can go to doconnect.com slash homegadgetgeeks. And it'll basically reroute you to a very special offer on our Indiegogo page that is going to be uh, 18% off, not 5%. Nice. So you can get a lot bigger of a savings yeah. there. Um, so and th- let me repeat that. that doconnect.com slash homegadgetgeeks, all one word, homegadgetgeeks, all one word. Yes. You'll get that in there, 18%. Well, thanks for doing that. I, 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 I never, you know, I know some podcasters request that if you're going to do that. And, uh, you know. But you, you brought that in, and we appreciate that. I think that's a good deal to to uh, to get in there, get that uh, speaker at a very reasonable price. So thanks for doing that. Uh, Absolutely. For yeah. Again, doconnect.com slash homegadgetgeeks. I'll have that in the show notes on the post, uh, theaverageguy.tv slash HG540. It's on the screen, Jim. You don't need to think about it. It's right there on the screen. HGG540. Been a long week already. I'm ready. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the end of the week uh, uh, to be here. So um, I'm assuming then in, in a lot of the work that you do, you got to, you get, you carry both phones because you're, you got to, I mean, you got to have the iPhone for this for sure. But then I'm sure you're toying around with Android. Do you carry both phones? I don't carry both phones. I have plenty of friends who have Android that I yeah. can at any moment be like, hey, let me just come over this evening and like try <laughs> stuff out. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend as well. So I have enough, I guess, access to Android phones, but I don't personally have one yet. I mean, they're cheap enough. I could definitely get one in the future. But yeah, um, yeah. You, you know, I was eBay. one. I, yeah, yeah, I was um, I was this close. I was so close to switching over to Google Pixel um, mm. a few years ago. And then. I was waiting for them to release the new Pixel at the time. I can't remember which one it was. All I remember was that it got such bad reviews. It barely had, it basically had nothing different from the previous Pixel. And then the iPhone got released and it was like, they have LiDAR sensors now. And I was like, yeah, I'll stick with iPhone again. Um, (laughs) So this was at the time of the iPhone 11. I still have that. So Mm -hmm. when this thing dies, I'll kind of make the decision again. But with the way Dio is going, I'll probably be in the Apple ecosystem for a bit. So, yeah. I I would imagine, you know, I don't even have my phone. I don't even have my phone down here. That's it. I think I left it at the table. <laughs> How can I be a computer guy and not have my phone uh, down here? Well, you know, it, it is one of those things uh, with the phones, you know, like I, I should probably carry two with as much as we talk about these things. But, I, you know, I was in Europe a couple of years ago with my mom and I took two phones, one for pictures and one to use. And I left that second phone in so many, I had to go back. Like you just, you don't think about it. You're like, okay, I got it. I'm good. And they're like, oh crap. I left that sitting mm-hmm. on the table or whatever. So it is kind of a hassle to, to keep track of both, but oh yeah, at some point you're probably going to, you're probably going to want to, you know, even if you buy an unlocked, that's that you never put on a network or whatever, you know, you give it a try. 
you know, well, at work uh, for my full-time job, they give me a phone as well. So oh, I end up having nice. to carry around my personal phone yeah, and my work phone yeah. literally everywhere I go yeah. on vacation, on whatever. And it's just the so, worst thing ever. It is terrible. I, I hate having two phones, but I already have to live with that. If I got an Android phone as well, I'd be carrying three phones around. Like, nah. hmm. <laughs> Well, maybe just to test, maybe just have it there, you know, to test uh, for things. And um, ah, listen, I wish it upon no one. It's, it's it's enough to keep track of one phone, much less a couple. So, um, oh, uh, one one one. When we think about uh, smart assistant compatibility, uh, can you remind us of that again? Yes. Okay. So something I should say. I've been probably dissing on smart assistants this whole time, but I, I do want to mention that with the Dio Node speaker. So there's no microphone built into the speaker. So there's no voice assistant directly built into the speaker, but for those of you who actually really care about smart assistants and who are in the Apple ecosystem, you can actually make the DO speakers compatible with Siri as a voice assistant. So you can use your phone or you can use your HomePod or whatever else, Apple TV, and just be like, hey, Siri, play out of my like bedroom speakers. It'll play out of your DO bedroom speakers. So you can actually set that up if you want to. It's completely optional. It's not part of our main setup process. It is one of those things that people can do if they want You know, the extra functionality. Um, but it does work with that. Uh, I think once this thing gets launched and kind of starts getting some more sales, I might even look into making it like Alexa compatible, but it, it of course won't be compatible playing with your Alexa device, but it might be compatible at least with the voice assistant. Um, and same with Google, you know, I'll, I'll think about that as, as we continue going along, but yeah. at least with Siri, it works. I'd keep it simple. You know, you, you, this is part of the problem with some of these products they start with such great ideas that are simple and to use and then they listen to the users and the users are like hey can you make this work when i'm on the moon and you know it's i'm on the back side and there's no sun and can you make the battery last longer you know when i'm not going to battery for 100 years so you know manufacturers start listening to that feedback and they're like then they create all these compromises and pretty soon you know, I have this equation that options equal confusion. And so you get all these options and then it's like, oh, this thing is unusable now because there's so many freaking options. To This was Plex's problem for so many years. You know, Plex, I, have you ever run a Plex server or used Plex? I haven't, before? no, but so, I know plenty of people who have. So. Yeah, yeah. And you get in there and you're like, there's a, I could do a million things in this, you know, and uh, it gets so overwhelming. Uh, Unraid, another, uh, uh, another, um, you know, for home storage and backup type of stuff. And they're, you know, it's an open source. We've had them on the show. They're great friends, but man, those things can do so much. They're pretty easy to set up the first time, but you start digging into them and yeah, they can literally do anything you want. So let it be simple. Yeah. Let it be simple and, uh, and, and let people, I, I think it's a great, I think this is a great idea. I, I wish you well as this Thank thing rolls you. out here over the next couple months. Thanks. And I do want to say in terms of listening to users, that's been my biggest fear is why I've really gone down and boiling this down to just the very basic needs. Like what are people going to be using this for? Listening to their audio everywhere. So what needs to work? Well, it just needs to be put into different corners of your house. No battery needed. It's mostly going to be indoor because it's Wi-Fi operated, things like that. But I am thinking of solutions that won't destroy the product or make it bad um, to make some of these things work. So yeah. I mentioned I'm thinking about developing a battery pack that you just plug into the power port here and then it'll, the power adapter can connect to the end. So you can keep your speaker with a battery if you want. 
And I would sell that separately so that again, it's not something that would make the US speaker itself like worse or more expensive. It would just be an add-on that you would purchase yeah. if you want. Yeah. I'm thinking about like weatherproofing this thing or waterproofing it with an external case that you can put over your speaker. Um, and again, you want that maybe for your shower, maybe for the outdoors, you can buy that if you want. And so I'm kind of thinking now about like developing these things in the future as I see more and more demand for some of those things. But I think my goal is to make, is to keep the main DO node as just the DO node and like nothing more, just the three buttons on top, maybe even reduce that down to two if I can in the future and um, the the speaker and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, not a bad idea. Not a bad, keep, keep that core and then add features, you know, both the, uh, both the, uh, the A-Lady and the Google devices have those platforms you can put them on and plug them in and they got, you can take them with you. I can't imagine, I can't ever think of moving my assistant around for, for whatever reason, you know, well, first of all, I have one in every room. So why would it, you know, I, but like I said, you're going to have users who are going to ask, you know, you're gonna Oh, and that. I already have. So, yeah. so yeah, Absolutely. It's funny when it's a smart speaker, nobody asks. Like the HomePod, Google Homes, Echo Dots, none of them have batteries. Everyone's okay with it. Um, but when you have something that's just a speaker, people start comparing it, I think, to Bluetooth. Yeah. And then they're just like, but my Bluetooth speaker has a battery in it. And I'm like, well, your Bluetooth speaker doesn't do the multi connected stuff that we do. It doesn't do it as well as we do. If it does, then it's like really not going to be a good solution for what we're trying to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I just celebrated 15 years where I work. And as part of the 15 year, you know, they, they send you this book of things, you know, Hey, get a gift. Right. Type deal. So a Bose, there was a Bose and I forget the model of it, but there was a Bose outdoor speaker, you know, it's Bluetooth enabled and bat got a battery, you know, 20 hours of battery life on it. And we go out on the deck all the time. I think that's the right kind of speaker for that. Like when you're going out on the deck, possibility of weather might get splashed on could could pick up some smoke from the smoker um that's that's the kind of speaker i'm going to take outside in this scenario i'm going to leave these in the house right that's just i'm going to put them in the spot that i want them i'm going to test them out i'm not going to monkey with them i want them to blend in to what i've uh, you know i want them to blend into the environment and then i just want to be able to pick up my phone start some music and tell it where to play and not have to monkey around with pairing them or right. Cause that's, that's on these, on these things, you can't see it here, but on these things, when you try to pair them, it's a nightmare. They're awful. The, the, uh, the um, Amazon devices are awful to get paired. Yep. And then they don't sound the best. That's not the greatest speaker. you know. Yeah. So. And one thing I didn't mention, actually, you just reminded me is the whole multi-user thing too, right? Like if you have an Amazon or a Sonos right. even, like, what do you need to do? You need to basically create an account for your people living in your home to use it. What if you have guests over, right? Like create an account for them on their device and then they can log into your app and then they can log in, like you have control of the speakers. Whereas with Dio, it's like, as long as you're connected to the Wi-Fi network, the speakers will show up on your iOS device and you can also use them. And so there's been times when like me and my wife are maybe listening to a comedy podcast together and like maybe one of us needs to run to the bathroom. Well, just turn on the bathroom speaker as well. Other person <laughs> goes there. You yeah. then they come back, you know, to the couch. Nobody had to pause the content. Nobody had to. We didn't have to unpair or whatever. Or maybe she's in the kitchen and I'm in the bedroom, and she wants to listen to something in the kitchen. I want to listen to the bedroom. She just pulls her phone up and like taps the kitchen speaker as well. And there's no 
need to do stuff or like I just hopped out of the shower and she's going in. Well, I can literally just like now play myself in the bedroom and disconnect from the shower. She can connect to the shower and there's no extra steps needed to have that handoff. It just, it just works. So you, yeah. you can be both. It's not, and then you can both be listening to the same speaker if you want to as well. It's not going to kick one or the other off, right? Uh, based on if you, well, or, or will it? I mean, you're not going to have both like audio streams overlapped yeah. on the same yeah. speaker. So work? it will basically, if like, if my wife was listening to something and I wanted to connect to that speaker, uh, I would tap on it and it might come up with an option being like, this person's already listening to oh, it. Are you yep, sure you still yep, want to connect? Means, and you'd hit yeah, yes. Yeah. And then it will just kick them off. So yeah. yeah, that's, that happens to me all the time. I want to listen to some music. So I asked the A lady, Hey, play this music. And it says, um, someone's already listening. You know, somebody's already using the account and do you want to basically, do you want to boot them? And I, I always say no, no, <laughs> find another way to listen. I'll, I'll listen to something else, you know, you're kinder than I have. Um, yeah. the number of times I've booted my wife or my parents. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, but that, that is a, like, that's a really, that's a really good use case where you'd be listening to something together. I uh, in, in, you know, I might go up to start dinner and, but you want to keep listening to it. So I could go up there and then start it on the, start it on the kitchen device or the one in the living room. So we could continue to keep it. You know, and it would literally would be open my phone, select it, hit the speaker, put it down, and we're off to the races, right? So, well, cool. Well, Akersh, anything else that I, I know I asked that once already, but I'll ask it one more time on the way. Anything oh, else that boy. I missed? Do oh, I think, boy. I think we're in good shape. I think we are in good shape. I think we've covered everything. Uh, so we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to Dio Connect. Not live, folks, because you you can't do this. But we're going to go to doconnect.com and we're going to put in home gadget geeks it's in the chat room right now. And a little bit later tonight for the live folks, or by the time you listen to this over the weekend, if that's yeah. when you're catching it, that'll be available for eighteen percent off if you want to take advantage of that. I I'd encourage folks to give one a try. It's always great to support the community. And uh, if you're if you're thinking about this, give one a try. That's available. It'd be a, a, a pretty nice way to get into this. And if you like them, there's three and five packs available for it as well. Akersh, thank you yeah. for thanks for coming on and 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 um, Uncle Marv. I think he's still out there. Thanks for uh, making the recommendation. These are these are fun gadgets to have around, and I think they're gonna. I, I wish you the best of luck on on getting these things moved. Because you, you got to get that first set moved so that you can order the next, right? You can get the next thing going and, and iterate. So uh, so we'll hope. I think it's a good, uh, hopefully it's a good time. Hopefully the, the, the economy will hold up over the next year or so. And uh, we'll wish you the, the best luck. Uncle Marv, uh, let's see, it'll pop up here in chat in just a second. He says, yep, still here waiting for my three pack to arrive. So he's, yeah, he jumped in on the three pack. Good. Good for him. I'll have to ask him. Uh, he's on the show. Uncle Marv, do I got, let's see if I've got him, if I've got him scheduled. I might not. We, if, if I don't uncle Marv, we need to get you scheduled when they come in and then we'll have them on. And that'll be one of the things he reviews when he actually a little, has a, a little can, unboxing event right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can get, we can Perfect. get some, we, we love the community here and it's just fun to, to get the guys um, back on to, I don't have, so we'll have to, um, I'll have to get him scheduled. It doesn't look like I've got him scheduled right now, or maybe I do. Hold on. He's saying what? 
Uh, no, I don't. So we'll get them scheduled. Uh, hopefully those will, you say they're shipping in October. Yeah. So right now my best estimates are they're going to come in in October. They might even come earlier. Um, but maybe there might be supply chain delays. Maybe it'll be pushed off to November or something. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we can get them in before Christmas. So they're good Christmas presents for anyone who like wants to order yourself or someone a Christmas present. But, um, I think we will be able to get them in in October. That's the Cool. current estimates so cool. but you, you never know at. in this environment supply chain yeah it's, happen, so. it's still uh, an early this is an yeah. early product right this is yeah. a chance to get in on something early before you're famous this is we <laughs> we interviewed jamie Simonoff from ring back no before way. they were acquired yeah by wow by amazon he was on they had just come out of of being on a shark tank like oh maybe a month three maybe three months something like that and he was talking, he was talking about Shark Tank and stuff. And so, yeah, I, I didn't, I can't even remember how I got connected to him, but I, uh, they, maybe it, I think might've been a listener and Jamie was kind enough to come on. And then of course, I don't know, six months later, they got bought by Amazon and I, wow. <laughs> I'll never get them back on, but it, you know, you never know. Uh, hopefully you'll, uh, this, this thing will go like gangbusters <laughs> and then I'll be like, yeah, I remember when I interviewed that guy when they hadn't even shipped yet. You know. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I hope I have that kind of good fortune with Dio. At the very least, I hope to at least make some households very happy with good sound everywhere. Yeah. Um, mm. And I do appreciate, you know, being on here, getting the word out, because obviously the biggest problem with every new company, honestly, it's not even making the product. It is just getting people to know that the product actually exists and is out there. So mm-hmm. appreciate the opportunity to just have that. And for those people who are listening, Tell your neighbor, you know, turn turn around and tell the people around you that uh, Dio exists um, because I can guarantee you that there are tons of people out there who have been looking for just a very simple whole home audio solution that's not going to break the bank, that really works really well, and that doesn't include all the extra complexity that just makes it more daunting to uh, to put into your home. So, yeah. And the three packs with 18% discounts right around 200. So it's a pretty good, pr- pretty easy thing to do. Make a great Christmas present. So thanks for coming on and being a part of this. I'm going to let you go. Uh, you've been with us for 90 minutes already. So I'm going to let you go and then I'll wrap up things here with the community. But thanks for coming out again, doconnect.com. And then if you go slash home gadget geeks, you can get, you can pick up that 18% discount. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for being a part of the show. I appreciate it. Amazing. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. A couple reminders on the way out. One, uh, take advantage, uh, you know, of course, if you need some hosting, uh, theaverageguy.tv hosted by Maple Grove Partners. I just talked to Christian this week. Secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Uh, Plans start as little as 10 bucks a month. MapleGrovePartners.com. Give it a, give it a, give it a shout out. If you want to, um, if you want to join us in the Discord group, and why wouldn't you? That's a great place to chat about this. Um, the average guy.tv slash Discord. I'm really tired. Sorry. <laughs> the, 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 last, uh, the last half hour, uh, boy, the week's caught up to me. So I uh, appreciate you guys hanging, hanging tight with me on that. The average guy.tv slash Discord. If you want to leave me a voicemail message, homegadgetgeeks.com is the way to do that. There's a little button, a uh, blue button in the bottom right hand corner gets it there. So if you do leave a message, send me an email. Let me know you did that. That just way I know I can pick it up and play it on the show. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for your support. If you have a question or a comment or you want to send me a request, 
You can send me an email, Jim at the average guy. Uh, TV, John, Brian, Uncle Marv. Uncle Marv, thanks for the recommendation there on this in this interview. Sherwin, Joe, John, Tony. I think that gets uh, just about everybody. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody in there. Thanks for coming out into the chat room tonight. Oh, Kevin was in there a little bit earlier. Thanks for uh, coming out and thanks for being a part of this. We'll be back next Thursday. Uh, let me just take a quick peek. Dan, uh, Dan LeFebvre, who is actually a sponsor on uh, Ask the Podcast Coach on Saturday mornings. Joining us next week. That'll be fun. 541, 542. Agent Crew. I didn't mention his name last week, but Agent Crew uh, is coming from winespies.com. We're going to talk about wine gadgets, which is kind of cool. He's pretty excited about it. He listened to the show and was like, well, I can totally do some of that. So he's coming on Agent Crew. Karen Lawrence joins us on the 18th of August. She'll be back. And, of course, she's been doing a lot of cool stuff. And then August 25th, Mike Weger is coming back. Be back in the flesh here. Um, and then we've got some other guests coming in September. If you have if you have folks you want me to interview and you want to help broker that, that'd be awesome. Again, Uncle Marv, thanks for doing this one. Um, I've got some openings in September, but we've got some things coming up as well. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. I almost, I almost got his name right all the way to the end of the show. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I'll just be honest. I could do better. I don't know why I choke up on that. We'll see you next week. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.